You know, I think sometimes it's easier to remember stuff whenever you have a really cool, catchy song. Oh, yeah? Don't you think so? Yeah, it really is. You know, there's one on, like, TikTok that's going around, but I think we can make it a little bit more clean. Something like, yeah, we look good in Jesus shirts, but it doesn't matter what we wear to church. We gotta read and pray. We love Jesus Christ. We love, love Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> Let's roll that beautiful bean footage, shall we? Welcome to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things he does. With your hosts, Hunter, Jessica, Ben, and Dina. I'm speechless. <laughs> wow. Mark this down, ladies and gentlemen. The first time Hunter's ever been speechless. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Altered Podcast. Where we, honor, two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> where we honor God in the things that we the, the things that he does. Yeah, things and I just can't, you you I, can't even focus after and, that. Yeah. You know, there was an opportunity about a week and a half ago that I could do this by myself. And you didn't take us up on it. And I should have. Yeah, well, there you go. It would have been my favorite episode. Too late now. Yes. But we are here with a very special guest. He is very special. His name is Casey Price. Yeah, buddy. Woo-woo. How's it going, guys? Yeah. If you haven't heard um, about Casey. Yeah. He's already uh, a podcast star in his own right. I don't know about that. Oh, yeah. He's infamous. He is. <laughs> Why is he infamous? Where, do we, where, where can we hear about him at? You can hear about him at the Real Friends Podcast. Mm. So we posted links about the Real Friends Podcast before when uh, I was on it. You guys really need to be on it, Ben. Uh, we've, we filled out the form. Good job. And so we're just waiting. We're waiting for our turn. Oh. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm pre-staged. Well, that and I forgot what my password was to my email. So. <laughs> yeah. So Dina could <laughs> I think you got to schedule it now with the executive assistant. That's it. Yeah, I have to. Yeah, we're getting fancy. I didn't realize I have to call somebody. We need an executive decision. Wait, decision assistant. We need an executive decision. Yes, I need to train Snickers how to type. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, everybody. I I think Lily would be the best one. Maybe. Oh, she would be. You know, she'd be like, Hello. well, I mean, she tried to make a schedule out there in the hallway, but Hunter didn't like it. He he erased it off the walls. How dare you? Yeah. Like. Her you know, artwork. here's the thing. <laughs> you have already derailed this show enough. <laughs> so we are going to bring it back on track. Well, yeah, let's get it back on the tracks. So. Back okay. on track. So what has God done? Back on track. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> what has God done? If I get through this, it's going to be glorious. Uh, what has God done in your life this week? Mm-hmm. Ben? Okay, me. So um, it's been a good week. Uh, the Lord was really super faithful. Um, yeah, it's just been a good week. And I praise Jesus for that. That's what God's done for me. Dina? Um, well, today, while we were at school, there were all kinds of crazy tornado sirens and warnings and all this other stuff. And I just want to say that the whole entire time, I just felt super safe. Like, I didn't have any any anxiety whatsoever. I don't know if I just thought the school building is really safe or what, but no, like I knew that, you know, God's looking out for us and stuff like that. So I don't know. I was just, I'm glad we're all okay. <laughs> Casey, you know, he, he's kept his hand on me. He's kept me safe. 
I do a lot of driving for work and, uh, you know, like today with all the rain and everything, there was a pretty nasty accident on, uh, Winchester road in Lexington. Hmm. And that easily could have been myself or one of my coworkers, but you know, God's looking out for us. So, well, there's two things he's done for me this week. He has kept me alive through my disappointment in the intro of this podcast. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, I didn't have a fatal heart attack hmm. while while doing it. You laughed about it. You enjoyed it. No. No, I didn't. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then uh, so we had something interesting come up in our Bible study this week at work. Yeah. So, <clears throat> actually, I lied to you, Ben. Um, the topic of the next chapter was actually the chapter for coming this coming Tuesday. Oh, okay. Because we don't you. work Monday because of Martin Luther King Day. Right. Um, so the day this airs was the day we'll be going over that particular pa- uh, passage. But there's a guy who came uh, to our Bible study. He has a reputation at, around the workplace for being, we don't know if he's AKA homosexual or uh, just a support, uh, supporting of the LGBTQ community, which we have, if you work with some special ex special forces guys, they have a little, uh, no filter uh, yeah. when it comes to their conservative views. Um, I've not met a liberal <laughs> um, ex-Special Forces member yet. So, um, But so we, I was kind of a little on the edge, not about what I was going to say, but about what they may say, especially because we're in uh, 1 Timothy where it kind of talks about uh, – it just mentions homosexuality for a minute. Mm-hmm. So I was like, how do we handle this in the temperature um, and Ben's like, well, you handle it in biblical temperature, <laughs> so you don't don't sugarcoat anything, but don't preach at him. Mm-hmm. And um, but actually, so we jumped to Second Timothy to talk about something completely random today, mm-hmm. and it was actually about uh, standing up for your faith and everything like that. And he t- he had a like that guy had a lot of good questions, and mm-hmm. it seemed like he received it well. So I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it built up for what's coming for the next couple of weeks. Hey, let God do what He does, man. So, but it was just really cool to see how. Uh, I think this may help soften his heart yeah. for that. Cool. But yeah. So uh, you are listening to this podcast, uh, probably on Apple uh, Podcast, because that seems to be the dominant platform that uh, people listen to. I think that skyrocketed in like the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Apple Podcast. Yeah, because yeah. it was it was just Spotify, and now it's Apple Podcast. But you're, the reason you're able to listen to it on any platform is because of Anchor, uh, our hosting platform for this podcast. So listen to this ad. Uh, made by Dina in about three seconds. Wow. That was such a good ad. That was a lot better than your intro. What? <laughs> Watch out Well, now. I felt like I could go viral with that. Okay. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen because then that will encourage her to do more. <laughs> um, so... But it could bring more money to the podcast. It could. Oh, Lord. You know what? I'll stay broke. <laughs> Man. Again, I'm still looking for other podcasts if they would like for me to come and join You know them. what? Yeah. I'll be a reference. <laughs> so, back on the track. Casey, tell us about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Uh, yeah. So, uh, first and foremost, I am a husband mm-hmm. uh, and a father to three wonderful kids. Uh Next in line to that, or actually probably before that, is I am a disciple of Christ. Mm. Uh, I follow Christ to the best of my ability, uh, and thankfully he does He does a lot of the guiding and steering in that because I couldn't do it on my own. Mm. Uh, but 
for the church wise, uh, I am the director of security. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt here, but I had a full on <laughs> spiel about for like 10 minutes. Okay, okay. Muting your phone. Okay. But did I not unmute my phone so that you all could listen to my ringtones that Dina and and Hunter both have and then I forgot to mute it back cuz so I'm <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. My, our most yes, please start again. Our most humble apologies. Yeah, about, you love Jesus. I got about our point. rude co-host. No. <laughs> this is why he doesn't get raises. <laughs> Never he, get he got a he got a raise on like. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm docking right? my own pay ten percent. Uh, uh, still, that's still a lot zero. of nothing. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. So, all right, yeah. So, disciple of Christ uh, with the church. I am a uh, or I am the director of security. The cheese. Eh. I'm just a guy, so um, Who cares there was. A gun? A, I do do that. One bullet, one no, bad. I'm not Barney Five. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Barney Five. He only carried one bullet <clears throat> in his pocket. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure it's not in his pocket. What's Barney doing? He's shining his bullet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, I wish I could be like Barney Five and only have to carry one bullet. Mm. And you know, it get old and corroded and nasty. But sadly, that's not the world we live in. Right. Uh, so. My hope and prayer is I will go through my entire life and my entire, you know, career with the church as the director of security and never have to, you know, use any kind of force or have to do anything like that. So that that's my prayer there. Yep. Uh, but other than that, I'm just a guy. Just that, a guy that loves Christ. Yeah. And uh, tell me just a little bit about your journey with Jesus. What? Where did it start? How's it been? How? Where? How have you gotten to the place where you are now? Uh, so started, uh, I first come to Christ when I was, uh, in my late teens, mm-hmm. uh, went to a, uh, like a youth conference down in Knoxville. It was, uh, Winterfest it was mm-hmm. with the church of God out of Cleveland it was the denomination, uh, Cleveland, Tennessee. So went there, uh, it's a very Pentecostal group mm-hmm. and, uh, just through the messages there that were delivered, uh, felt the tug on my heart. And there's just something about being in a packed out arena of 20,000 plus kids Mm -hmm. that are all there to worship Christ that, uh, you, you can't go in there and walk out the same. Right. So, uh, I walked out different. I committed my life to Christ. Uh, at that time, the church I was in, it was pretty much, you know, you go to church, you listen to the pastor preach, uh, you have Sunday school Wednesdays, we'd have like uh, what they call family training hour. Or uh, we'd have a little bit of a youth thing. Like a lot of times we'd play basketball. We'd listen to like some little little lesson. Mm-hmm. Nothing like diehard, nothing concrete. Uh, and then, you know, we'd go play basketball or football, mm-hmm. depending upon what was in season at the time. So fast forward from that, uh, finished high school, moved to just outside of Chicago for school and kind of got away from God. Uh, I ran with good people. They kept me out of a lot of trouble. It could have been a whole lot worse than what it was, mm. uh, but they were not Christ-centered people. Uh, they're actually, you know, still some of my closest friends. Mm. Uh, but you know that that wasn't their focus, and I allowed that to pull me out. Uh, then was in and out of church uh, through my twenties. Uh, you know, there would be times that I knew God had done something miraculous for me, and would draw me back, and I just couldn't hold on. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> excuse me there. Uh, then about 
two years ago, I guess it's been now. Almost two years. July will make two years. Uh, Actually, right around my birthday, uh, I went, I had to take some tests for my work. Uh, I'm a fire alarm inspector here in Kentucky. Uh, I work for a rather large company. And part of that is I have to be certified or licensed through the state to test fire alarms. Um, So while getting ready for that, and actually the day I went to take those tests, you know, my family been praying because this was a big, you know, this is a big deal. It's a lot of monetary, you know, incentives to, to do this. And yeah. <coughs> sorry, y'all. Um, but so I was getting ready for these tests. I was stressed. Uh, I was just exhausted from studying. And I, at that time, you know, I wasn't serving God. And I just, I kind of broke down out of the car. I was like, God, like, you know, I know you don't have to do anything for me. Uh, I recognize that I am a sinner and you don't even have to acknowledge that I'm praying to you right now, Mm. but like, will you please help me take this test? Will you please, you know, guide me through this? And, uh, I won't say like the, the anxiety or stress went away, but I was pretty clear headed when I went in there, I took my test and I passed it. You passed it. Yeah. I actually, I did back to back tests. I did one test on a Friday evening and then I went back the, that Saturday morning and took another test hmm. and that was for my state and my national level inspections mm-hmm. uh, certifications so passed both of those mm-hmm. and that Saturday on the way home uh, you know I prayed again that, that morning you know God just helped me pass this next test and on the way home I, you know it just kind of hit me like if God can do this for me mm-hmm. me a sinner I've done nothing nothing for God to have any, you know, oh, that, that guy there, he needs my help. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I just started thinking, I'm like, you know, thank you, Lord, for this. Like, I, I, I'm so thankful. And I, I heard that still small voice. Mm-hmm. And it was a simple, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I began, you know, <laughs> driving down I-75 South is not the best <laughs> place to, to tear up and, yeah. you know, be emotional, but I was quite emotional mm-hmm. and I just began to thank him. And I, I simply asked him, Lord, like, forgive me. You know, yeah. I, I've run from you. I've hidden from you. I've turned my back on you. You know, even, even the bad times, things I've done, I know it was wrong. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, you know, he should have protected me from that. Yeah. But I made dumb decisions and, you know, sadly he had to let me go through that to learn a lesson. Yeah. And, uh, I asked him to forgive me. I was like, Lord, I will do whatever I can. Mm. You, you lead me and I'll go. Yeah. And, uh, at that point I'd already been attending real life community for a little bit. just working in security. I, you know, I'd taken that on as just a, to spend time with my family. Mm-hmm. So, and with that, I've really, I guess I've dived in head first. Yeah. So hey, we've gone shooting before, like, I'm yeah. just saying, don't mess with real life community church. <laughs> right. I know how the man shoots. And you can hear more uh, about all these stories because you, you talk about them for about 15 mm-hmm. minutes and at the Real Friends podcast. And so whenever this podcast airs, I will drop a link down on our Facebook page or Dina Will one. Yeah, we'll um, check that out. I'll let you put the link. Sure. Yeah. Um, and you can check it out and help out their views. Yep. Um, there's, there's one more thing. There's one more thing I got to ask him about, though. Just because it's cool and it's it's um, – it's not something most people have the opportunity to do. Now, you were a military contractor, correct? Uh, yes, I worked for uh, 
as a contractor for the as an agency, I guess, for the, the military, uh, there was, uh, it's tank and automotive command. It's a branch mm-hmm. of, uh, like the DOD. And, uh, so I, yeah, I worked for them for about six years. And you were where when you were doing that again? So I started here in Kentucky. There's, uh, up at, uh, Bluegrass station, Avon, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an old military base there that the state's taken over and a lot of contractors are in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I worked there and then. In 2011, uh, I left in May to go to Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and I worked there for a year and came back in April of 2012. It's pretty cool, man. Yeah, pretty I cool. Mean, I just had to. Yeah, I just had to have you through that. Oh, it, it was a blast. Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I would go back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, you're giving me that crazy look. We're always hiring. Hunter <laughs> is alarmed. Dun dun dun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, yeah. So I just had I just had to have you tell that. It's just oh, that's cool, fine. So if you've made it this far, <laughs> uh, we are talking about discipleship today. We are. Um, so there are a couple of things on this list. This is actually my, I'm, I'm just really bad, but this is my first time looking at the plan. Um, well, don't judge me. We'll make a beautiful plan. You don't even look at it. Well, it's it's okay. Um, but there are some things on this list that we have talked about in previous podcasts, sure. um, prayer stuff, Bible study, things like that. But we will dive into them today um, a little bit. Um, but I want to just remind ourselves that we have talked about a lot of this already. Um, but there's a lot. Of, there are some things on here that we have not talked about. Mm-hmm. So I'd like, I would like to dive, save some time for some of these topics that can be a little weighty, uh, especially for. Uh, Christians who are trying to share their faith and things like that. Absolutely. But all right, Casey. So start us off. You actually made a lot of this plan. I did because this why is. I didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's fair. Wow. Uh, you know, I'll let that one go. I, this, this is your podcast, so I promise I will be nice. <laughs> but why? Uh, because Christ tells me to. <laughs> True. I was thinking for you. It's fine. Uh, so yeah, discipleship is something that really weighs on my heart uh, because. And when I say the church, I mean Big C Church uh, across all denominations, everything. I think that's something we we fail at. Mm. We bring people in, we get them saved. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, you know, thank Jesus. You know, you're you're here. You're ready to serve Christ. And here's a Bible. Start reading it and come to services. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's all they ever get. Yeah, uh, there might be topical sermons on prayer or. Uh, tithing when the church is doing really bad financially, yeah. uh, you know, and there, there, no one ever really sets you down or very few, I won't, I won't say no one, but yeah. very few places really set you down with a mentor, mm-hmm. somebody, you know, a, not necessarily somebody that's older than you, but somebody that's older than you in Christ right? that will walk you through what it means to be a disciple. Yeah. Uh, I know Several weeks ago, pastor preached on, uh, you know, that there was, there's a cost to this. Mm -hmm. And part of that cost is discipleship is dedicating time and energy to truly learning how and what it means to follow Christ. Mm. Mm. Yep. So, okay. So you said it, you talk, you talked about discipleship. So what, why is that important? Number one, and then we'll talk about what that is. Why is it important? Why is it important? Uh, because Christ told us to do it. Where in Matthew 28, uh, verse 18 through 20, uh, we call it the great commission. We do. 
And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Mm. So the metric of success, according to Jesus, it sounds like, is to go and make disciples. Absolutely. So when we talk about churches, we talk about, hey, how many are you running? Hey, all this stuff. No. How many disciples you got? Yeah. That's a good question. That's good. That's really good. Mm. Yep. So uh, discipleship, like I, I agree 100% with Casey that it, this is one of the wagon wheels that is broken on the church um, for, for the new age. <clears throat> um, you, for the new age? Yeah, for the new age church? Gosh. <laughs> Witchcraft? Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. The newer that. generation. For, yes. Uh, we, we talked about it last episode with salt and stuff that this mm -hmm. uh, generation of students and college students um, is so hungry for the truth um, that the, the church is missing a great opportunity to really sink their hook into... Uh, these these people's hearts with true doctrine, true how, how studies on how to read your Bible, yep. true two ways to pray. Like it takes somebody who is just zealous, who's ready to watch YouTube videos about about sermons and and how to videos. I mean, um, that's one thing that like pastors put out there. But you have to go out looking for these things. Um, yep. The church isn't putting this in people's face. Like he said, it's just read your Bible. Mm -hmm. So the, the discipleship definition. I want Dina. Uh, since she's a librarian, she can tell us all these things. <clears throat> what is a disciple? So, of course, you know me. I want to choose something that um, you know comes from a, a credentialed source. So, MiriamWebster.com ah. <laughs> says that it is one of the twelve in the inner circle of. Christ followers, according to the gospel accounts. And then um, it says a convinced adherent of a school or individual, but that's just um, what a disciple is. It's a what? A convinced what? Adherent. Uh-huh. Of a what? Well, hang on. I just clicked off of it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> of a school or individual. Mm. Mm. A convinced adherent. To a school or individual. That's pretty good. Yeah. I like it. And then, um, hang on. I just had a better one. Um, discipleship meant much more than just the transfer of information. It referred to imitating the teacher's life. Um, inoculating? Inoculating. You know, like, yeah. yeah. I was like, I know I can say that. His values and reproducing his teachings. Mm. Yeah. Um, that was one of the things that we talked about on the phone yesterday, Ben, mm -hmm. when it came to uh, our, our Bible study at work. Mm -hmm. You said, hey, or I said, hey, you know what really frustrates me that, <clears throat> and they, most of them listen to this, so sorry, guys. <clears throat> <clears throat> I'm talking about you, not to you. <laughs> but they, they told me, they said, uh, they was like, hey, if you want to keep your job, these are these are subjects, especially with this one person in here. Mm -hmm. This is something you stay away from. Yep. Uh, and it really frustrated me because first we're going through First Timothy, and it's this about Timothy. You have not handled this mixture of or this this false teaching going on in the Ephesus church. Well, mm -hmm. you need to handle it with the temperature that I handled it when I put my hands on you, and I, you know, 
help correct your doctrine and I dealt with you. That's how I want you to deal with them. And he goes on to talk about that in second Timothy chapter one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're like, I'm like, I'm telling like, we've been talking about a year about be bold in your face, stand up for what you believe in. You know, don't be a jack wagon. Don't be a stupid sheep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but be, um, don't let anybody compromise your faith. Yep. And Ben goes, well, he goes, it's been pretty easy to teach that, but you've never had to show them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, yeah, I was like, that's true. We've yeah. never had to have this moment. Well, and it's not like, it's not like the, the person is joining the conversation and you're immediately going for that. Mm-hmm. It is terribly ironic or um, maybe a God thing in my opinion, but it's terribly ironic that, that the person joins um, around the time that that just happens to be your Bible passage. Right. And so, in my opinion, you don't shy away from it because you're just going through the Bible, right? You know, and and it is a it is in there. And if right. it wasn't in there, then it would be wrong of you to make it up. But it is in there, and it isn't exactly the place where you're at. So you might as well just roll on, right? Right. So this is going to get into our first little bullet point here, um, with also a, a question that's under the discipleship heading in our plan, guys. So how do we make disciples? So what's the plans and the process? And then also caveat that. Why should we make disciples? So why should we make them? And in turn, uh, what is the plan and, and how would we go after that? Mm. Uh, well, Ben, if you want to go first. Well, so we already talked a little bit about the why, right? right. We talked about Matthew 28. Uh, it's a great commission. It's the, it's the thing. It's the reason why we do what we do is because the Bible tells us to. Um, but, uh, you know, I've always said that too. It's like, People always say, well, then why, why does God use us to go around to tell everybody else about his saving power whenever he could just reveal himself or do this thing? I'm like, you know what? It is, this is the way God worked it out to be. And you know what I'm thankful for? That he does that for us. Mm-hmm. Because if I didn't have a purpose, I would be miserable, right? right? Um, I would know who God is, but if I didn't actually have a purpose in his plan, like, I think it's, I think it's the grace of God that allows us to participate with him because yeah, God could do it all himself, but yet he loves me enough to include me in his story, which I think is cool. So I would caveat off of that is it's also how we bear fruit. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, in John 15, eight through 10, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my, to be my disciples as the father has loved me. So have I loved you abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Hmm. So Hmm. we do it out of love Hmm. and it's how we bear fruit. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want anybody in my family to die and go to hell. Right. You know, I don't want my friends to die and go to hell. Hmm. So out of my love for them that Christ loved me, you know, and, Christ was sent by the father to do these things. Mm -hmm. And now he has sent us to continue to bear fruit and to love, you know, each other. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think it's just a cycle that God purposely put in place. Yeah. You know, if you think about fruit trees, when they're little deer want to eat them. (laughs) And so it takes somebody taking care of it, making sure it's getting watered, making sure it's protected until it gets big enough that it can be on its own, where it's got enough roots, it's been trimmed back, it looks really nice, and then it can grow and make more fruit. In in the Garden of Eden, 
it was always interesting to me that God did not just make it uh, something that Adam and Eve didn't have to do anything. Uh, he made it to where they had to cultivate the land. Mm. And and people's like, okay, what's cultivate mean? It was work, but it's not work like how we dread Monday mornings. Yeah, It's not that kind of work. It is something that they felt purpose. This, this gave their life meaning. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this gives the Christian's life meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about this on the, on the last episode, you know, if I, my bones would burst into flames, you know, we talked about all that. And I, that's a life motto. Cause if I shut up about the faith, that's what happens. My, my body um, explodes with this truth. Mm-hmm. And how can you share that if you don't have a process to learn it? Right. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah. So in your topic, then what is your, what is the best plans, processes to be so, a disciple? I would tell you this, as far as me right now, this is, like I said, this is something that burns in my heart and it's something I'm learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and granted, I will always be learning. Uh, so I haven't decided on or established anything that I feel confident in saying is a true planner process. Uh, but I think every church should have a planning process in place for this. Mm-hmm. They should have mentors established that will carry out their planner process. Um, and ultimately I think it comes down to having a mentor. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been lucky and blessed uh, with our church, you know, first and foremost, pastor Chris is always open for, you know, questions and concerns, whatever, you know, he's told me many times like, Hey, just email me with verses or whatever you want help with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've gone to you guys I've gone to Jerry. Me and Jerry have some crazy conversations. Yeah, I walk in on some of those sometimes, and I'm like, whoa, this is deep. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then there's others. You know, we have Ron, who is, you know, he's Ron. I love him. (laughs) So, he's uh, very strong opinions, and they're they're awesome. He's he's more than capable of standing up and defending his Mm. opinions. So, I can't say that I have a definitive plan or process. Uh, but I think if you are a new Christian, you need to be looking for someone mm-hmm. to be your mentor and to start walking you through at least the basic tenets. You know, if your church has core doctrines, which every church should have core doctrines yep. and they should be core doctrines that we can all agree on, mm-hmm. you know, salvation and so forth and how Jesus we, is Lord. That's a big yes. One. Yeah. You know, so those are the first things you need to learn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then. There are things like how to pray, mm-hmm. uh, how to do a Bible study. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does it mean to be, to tithe? Mm. Uh, That's good. Yeah. You know, there are other things, smaller things like fasting, mm. you know, that, that gets brought up, uh, which I was taught a little bit about that in, you know, my early, early times with walking with Christ, but, uh, you don't really hear much of people talking about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, you know, apologetics, how to defend the faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that everyone will be called to defend the faith. Like, you know, we have some really serious theologians that are willing to go toe to toe with any other philosopher, scientist, whatever to defend the faith. And that's awesome. But as a, just a, when I, when I think of being in the, the trenches as a Christian, you know, mm-hmm. your day-to-day life, you need to be able to, to defend the faith in the basic levels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've always heard people talk about defending the faith as, you know, it's, it's 
if you can argue somebody into the faith, anybody can argue them back out. Yeah. However, it is really important to be able to answer people's questions when they have them. It's it's really important to be able to be like, hey, you know, because people are going to come to you with questions. Absolutely. And if you haven't at least thought about some of the basic things, it just it makes you look like you don't understand what you're doing. Exactly. And um, it makes you look like you're just blindly following somebody's teachings. Right. You right. know, but through Bible study, through prayer, you can learn to defend the faith at a, you know, it, just the, the small level mm-hmm. of... You know, your friend comes up and asks you, hey, does Jesus really love me? Well, yeah, yeah. These are the verses that support that, yeah. that show that he came and died for you. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you didn't know where to find those verses, yeah. well, how could you tell them? Oh, well, I, I just feel it in my heart. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. You know, personal testimony is very, very important. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when somebody's coming to you with questions, you've got to be able to at least scratch the surface of an answer. Right. right. You know, and I think the... I think there there are processes out there, um, but the big thing is, is we like you all just said, is to have a support group, friends mm-hmm. that you that's easily trustable. Uh, it's just like our conversations, you know, we get down in some in the weeds sometimes. I mean, we yeah. talk about a rapture, we yeah. talk about <laughs> Calvinism and Arminianism, we talk about baptism, we talk about yeah. Um, it's, Arminianism it's, is bestism, <laughs> and Catholicism. Like we go through all of it, and it's so funny because like Casey will get on there. We have this like little like me and Hunter and Casey. We have this little uh, group chat thingy on Facebook, and Casey will throw out a question, and I'll read it, and I'll go. There is no way I can type a response right now to that because that is so deep. <laughs> and then I'll think about it all day, and I'm like. And then I'll think about it some more, and I'm like, oh, my God. I'm just going to talk to him about it when I see him because there's no way. I need to I need to just put, there's no way I can type a response to this. But, like. You know you could just send a recorded thing of you talking, right? Oh, here we go. That Dina makes, with her big ideas. <laughs> <laughs> that makes too much sense. You know, I should do that. But the, the thing about it is, is that you can get lost in the weeds on some of this stuff. If you're, if you're sitting here by yourself, and you're just, and you heard about this, and you're like, man. Like, I have nobody to think yeah. out with. I have nobody to, to talk out my thought processes. I, I need to, even the basic things, I need to I need to work out. Even pastors still need to talk about them. Yeah. yeah. What I think really stands out with what you guys are saying, too, is that you guys have a safe space to talk. There's no, like, going behind other people's backs and being like, oh, my gosh, can you believe what Ben said? He said this and well, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> But no, like you guys don't do that. And so um, I think that's important to, to think about too when you have these groups. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you have to be selective. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you don't yeah. just grab any Joe Blow out of the church and be like, hey, you're going to be my mentor. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. first and foremost, start with your pastor. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, pastor, you know, is there, do you have time to mentor me in this? Mm-hmm. Uh, which, I mean, depending upon the size of your church, they may or may not. I mean, if you're running 10 or 15 people, then he may be more than willing but if you're running, you know, 60, 70, 80 plus to, you know, hundreds, you know, you get to a mega church, they're not going to have, the individual pastor's not going to be like, hey, I'm going to mentor you. Right. So. Probably not anyway. But you should have a older in the faith brother or sister, you know, that he will point you towards mm-hmm. of like, hey, this person, you know, and the, like I said, the church should have a process. Mm-hmm. The church should have an established process of like, hey, you know, this is one of our elders, uh, they're about your age or they're, you know, just a few years older than you, uh, or maybe even a little younger. I, I have no qualms learning from somebody younger than me, as long as they know what they're talking about, mm-hmm. 
you know, and they're not just making Dang. stuff up. He looked at you whenever. So, so when, so you know, a planning process, I think that you get it. In, I think you get it into uh, Bible reading. So again, this is within this group. You, you start helping this new believer with a Bible reading plan. You help him with a prayer life because without those two things, it, it is not good. Yeah. Uh, you you help them with finding a good local church. Hopefully you're attending a good local church, the people in this group, and you can bring them into this uh, church body or hopefully they're at your church already. Yeah, well, and, I, and from what Casey said, you know, it's kind of assumed, and it's not always the case, but it's kind of assumed that you might be meeting this person in the local church already. Yeah, you know but I mean, I mean, you find this at work. You can find this everywhere. I mean, uh, like I mean, Trisha came from uh, a Purdy's, a local coffee shop in Richmond, Kentucky, and so we have people at our church who come because they've made connections and they get drawn in by the people of the church. Yeah. And that happens everywhere. Yeah. So I think that it's just we have to we have to be ready to bring people in and say, hey, we have a good church body. This is how you should start. And then be with them for every step of the way, as we're going to talk about uh, training in prayer, Bible study, apologetics, and doctrine. Mm. Right? We haven't even got to doctrine yet. <laughs> yeah. So we need yeah. to move into prayer. I so, well, well, let's let's okay. hang on, hang on. Uh, what? Okay. So, <laughs> you know, you're a good discipler. I think I'm saying this right. Whenever your disciple E <laughs> is a hundred times better than you. Yeah. So, yeah. But let's let's kind of back up for just a second. So. You have this, you're, let's, let's pretend you're a baby Christian. You're like, okay, I want to pick somebody who's going to disciple me, right? Who's going to help me. You want to pick somebody who's trustworthy. Going to your pastor is always a good idea. Um, you want to pick somebody who, I, I agree, um, older than you in the faith, uh, because you want somebody who knows what they're talking about. Um, but then, too, if you're on the discipler side, you know, you're talking about you don't have a process. But if you think about it, being a disciple isn't something that you're like, okay, here's the five-step process to being a disciple, and you're good. It's the things where you're taking them through what you do to be a disciple yourself. Like Paul says, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. Well, if you're following Jesus, that means I can follow you in the same path, you know, same so path you're going. this is actually at the very, very bottom. Okay. Is, I'd skipped. No, no, no. That's fine because it actually needs to be said. It's a relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, and I know... Pastor Chris talks quite a bit about relationships and stuff as far as, you know, being Christians. And that's really what it's about. Mm -hmm. uh, and to me, that's the very, very beginning of discipleship mm -hmm. is establishing a relationship. Yeah. Dating relationship. Uh, I mean, it could be. But we're dude. No, 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 no. We're no, dudes, right? No. So, yeah. So <laughs> let, me, let me caveat that by as a husband or a established boyfriend you should be, or girlfriend, either way, you should be having studies with your significant other. I would agree with that. So let's, let's talk about, let's talk about the, the, the thing for just a second, right? Yeah. Um, you're talking about a relationship. Let's put this in man terms. The other night, Dina wakes me up. Was this last night? No, this is two nights ago. Dina wakes me up. She says, Hey, the dog's barking. And Ethel usually doesn't bark. Yeah, so, we were at my dad's house mm -hmm. for context of everybody else who's like, who's Ethel? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it's my aunt. She, she just barks at people. No. But, <clears throat> so oh. Ethel used to be our dog. And then we gave Ethel to my dad because he lives in the country. And, you so know, much better for her. So much better yes. for him. And so um, 
there've been some coyotes and stuff coming up near my dad's house. And so dad's been putting Ethel in the garage yeah. um, at night and she's got a bed. She's, she lives a bougie lifestyle out yeah. there in that garage. And so at night she goes to the, into the garage. Well, she never is one to really bark unless she sees something. So I thought it was very odd that she was barking in the garage. And you know how you're like trying to go back to sleep and the dog's still barking and like a million things go through your head. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what about if the house is on fire? And she's trying to tell us. And then I was like, but then what about if someone's trying to break in the house? Like, so, I'm not ready to, you know, I'm not prepared to take someone down right now. So, so Dina gives me the, hey, hey, wake up and go check on the dog. So I did. And I go and I look outside because she doesn't have any windows in the garage. I look out the, the door. I don't see anybody. I'm like, okay, well, I got to go check the cars because what if somebody's out there messing with our vehicles? But Dina's not coming to help me, obviously. There's nobody that's going to help me in this particular case. Well, you told me if you heard scream, if I heard scream, call 911. That's what I, yes. And so I do the thing, right? The stupid thing. I... I get the gun out and I walk out the front door and I look around and I'm, and I'm clearing and I'm being really careful. You know, there's like this, this wall and then there's the cars. And I realize as I get to the corner of the wall, I wish that I had a shooting buddy because this would make this so much, um, it would give me so much more peace while I'm doing this. Right. And I actually thought about you, Casey, because <laughs> I was like, I wish I had a shooting buddy in this particular moment. So I do this tactical thing, go around, do the you, stuff, you sweep You didn't it. want me to be your shooting buddy behind uh, you? Well, I didn't have a gun for you for number one. That was step one. Um, <laughs> step one of a gunfight. Bring a gun. Bring a gun. <laughs> so, but I was like, I wish I had a shooting buddy. That, in my opinion, is what a disciple is. A, yes. I'm sorry, that disciple relationship. Mm -hmm. It is having a shooting buddy. I've been listening to um, man podcasts lately um, over the, just like the past couple of days because I discovered... Um, this podcast and there's this dude named Eddie Penny. He was a former Navy SEAL, uh, got saved. I listened to his story and he talks deeply about the fact that it seems like the church as a whole was designed by women. And he's like, when I look at the church, I don't necessarily see like this thing where I want to jump in wholeheartedly as a man because it's like love and stuff. And he's like, love's important. But at the end of the day, we need more men and we need more manly things Absolutely. in the church. And so I was thinking about this the other day and I was like, I wish that I, I had a shooting buddy. And I was like, that is just like discipleship because if your gun runs dry, guess what? You have a shooting buddy who's going to take care of the dude in front of you while you take care of your gun. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's all this stuff. And so it's all clicking to me. And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm going to talk to Casey price and he's a gun guy. And, <laughs> and anyway, so there you go. Shooting buddy. You need one. Yeah. You need a, you need another. It is there. a relationship. That's it the is. first first bit of it. Yep. Is you you establish a relationship, and you both are doing life together. Yeah. You know, and if you're not doing that, it's not going to be a good relationship. Yep. You know, now I'm not saying you have to go out and eat dinner with this person every night or you know every week, but you need to have open lines of communication. Mm -hmm. And you need to do stuff together. Yeah, it's, you do need to do something. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, like I said, that to me, that's the first, you know, when you're, you're finding that mentor, you're establishing relationship. So do try and find somebody you semi like to, yeah. <laughs> to make a relationship with. That's true. Somebody you trust. Yes. Yeah. Very and important. Well, something that we always tell our college students too, is we don't missionary date. Yes. Yeah. 
it, it never works out. No, and, and that, I did not mean for that to sound like you're trying to date the person you're discipling. No, but, you. you know, but I think as a husband, it is my job to to, to lead my wife. Yeah, it to is. to be a discipler for her. If there's areas in her faith that she feels like she's lacking, she should be able to come to me, mm-hmm. and we we build each other up. Right. So. Yeah, vice versa. I go to Dina sometimes, like, Dina, I need prayer. Yeah. I need you to help me out. And she does. If, awesome. if your significant other isn't praying for you, there's a problem. There's a problem. That's right. That is right. So we do have all these things on here mm-hmm. in a list. And yeah, Lord. so let's, let's just kind of hit them and let's just see what comes out. Right. So number one, what do you got? Training and prayer. Okay. Uh, I think the prayer life is probably like, well, it's like the top of the the list for me, mm-hmm. because if you're not praying, you're not talking to your creator. You're not talking to the person you, you just got on your knees before and swore, like, I'm going to serve you. Yeah. But now I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Right. <laughs> so yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. A big problem. Uh, you know, try not talking to your wife mm-hmm. for a while and see how that goes. Big problem. So, yep. yeah. And in that, you know, Christ gives us an example of prayer. With what we act, we call the Lord's Prayer, but it's actually the prayer He gives to the disciples, mm-hmm. you know, the apostles. Like this is what you should pray or mm-hmm. how you should pray. Uh, so, you know that. I know y'all have discussed the Lord's Prayer before, right? We have, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that one's. I guess you can go back to the earlier yeah. podcast and catch that. Please go back. It's like episode it. three or something. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, question though, while we're on there, because uh, okay, we talked about salt last week. I actually attended a session and they asked the question. Have you ever been taught how to pray? Casey, were you ever taught how to pray? Uh, not ex- like not no. somebody never sat you down, right? No. Hunter, you? No, I don't think Dina, so. Dina, were you ever taught how to pray? Uh, I guess so. By who? My mom and my great aunt. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I was not until the other day. So I have to say that now I have been. Um I, I kind of had to learn it on my own a little bit. Now I heard people pray, right? But nobody ever sat me down and gave me like, this is how you pray. And so, yes the Lord's prayer and um, just all that stuff. So important, right? Like, yeah. if, and you, like you hit it the nail on the head. Like if you can't do that, man, you're everything else falls apart. Yeah. And I, I want to caveat that with that. We, I've heard plenty of people say like, Oh, well you just sit down and talk to you. Like you're talking to your friend, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Christ is my friend, but he's also my creator. He's my savior. Mm-hmm. He's my Lord. He's my King. Yeah. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. Mm-hmm. I can't, <laughs> yeah. I love you, Ben. We, we talk, you know, Hunter, we talk, but I can't talk to you like I should be talking to him. Right. Cause there should be a lot of reverence. hundred percent. You know, I can't be like, Hey bro, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> it's me again. You remember that Jesus is my homeboy. Like I had a hat that said that. Do you remember that? <laughs> Like that was like a big thing in the while, like in the like yeah. early two thousands, you know. Yeah. But you're totally right. Like Jesus ben. is not my homeboy. He's my king. Yeah. Ben, I, dude, I was I never I was learning. He was trying it. to be trendy. It was the early two thousands. I was just saved, like literally just saved. Yeah, ben was like forty in the early two thousand. You better <laughs> shut up, sir. I'm not forty now. <laughs> I'm gonna come over there. I'm gonna get a ladder out and I'm gonna kick your tail. That's the way it is. I mean, I'm a little offended here too because I'm only like a year younger than him. Yeah. Buddy, well, uh, yeah, you know, I th- it was. I really started diving into like prayer. You know, like we've heard people preach on prayer, but like studying prayer. I think when we like did the podcast yeah. on prayer, yeah. I watched like five thousand 
things on prayer. Yeah. And so, and, and I think over time too, though, you learn what works, you learn what doesn't. And I'm not saying it works like, oh yeah, I got what I wanted. <laughs> right. But I'm saying like, you know, when you've had a connection with God and yeah. you know, when it's just me being a little crybaby about my, my first world problems. Mm-hmm. So you kind of, you're starting to get in and out of the flow and you'll know yeah. is it, if, if you're, if you're spiritually connected with God, you'll, you'll know what works. Yeah. So what else you got? Uh, in regards to prayer, understanding that words have meanings, mm. uh, but that God does understand our hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think you have to come to God with some eloquent prayer of, you know, oh, holy are you and all these big, you know. Blessed art thou, Lord, yeah. the creator of all things. Yeah. Thou art the God and Christ. And the, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. You don't need all that. And actually, Jesus speaks against that. He does. You know, when he talks about the Pharisees praying, you know, that they, they're just exhorting themselves. Yeah. So, but we do need to be at least somewhat aware of what words we're saying that we're not, you know, saying anything heretical or, Mm -hmm. you know, that we're not, if somebody is listening to us pray that we're not first and foremost offending, because I think you do need to be careful when you're praying for somebody and not overstep a boundary. Right. You know, uh, but you know, you need to be aware of what you're saying. You can't just, you know. Mm-hmm. You also can't throw empty words out in the air. Yeah. Like Jesus also talks about that. Like you actually have to know, like you can't just be like, blah, 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 you know, like yeah. there's, there's a point to it. That's why the best thing is uh, to pray scripture. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. Um, there's even times, <clears throat> you know, I, there's a guy at work and like it drives me crazy because it's in certain settings that I have this. And so people at the church probably do not think this. But a guy at work today told me, he said, your mind is like a still trap. You don't forget anything. And it's like when I am at church, I forget everything. <laughs> so because like I'll, I'll throw out Bible verses, I'll throw out here and there and everywhere. And he's like, man, your mind's like a still trap. Like we talked about this conversation like eight months ago. Jesus mm-hmm. spoke about that too. Holy Spirit brings you to remembrance. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. So we, but. But don't ask me the chapter verse on that. I do not remember. I just know it's in there. So there's nothing wrong with sitting with your Bible open and and praying through the scriptures. I think if that if that's going to be the way you learn how to pray, that's the best way to learn how to pray. Mm -hmm. And praying through Psalms. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's cool. You know, because there's highs and lows all the way through Psalms. Yeah. So you know, if you're reading Psalms and you're going to start picking up which you know which of those chapters are lows, which are highs, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's a, a very good way to at least start. Mm-hmm. So number two is Bible study. We do have a whole podcast on this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so Casey's going to hit a couple of uh, three points on it real quick. Uh, you need to learn how to read the Bible. You need to understand that there are different styles, literature styles within the Bible. And uh, while you should take things literally, you should also go in when you with that understanding of, well, this is prophetic this is you know apocalyptic so it's full of symbology uh the epistles are letters they're written for you but not to you mm-hmm. uh to still pastor this thing he says quite often yeah. uh there's narrative you know and you need to know how to read those uh and a book that i'm going through right now is living by the book uh and i cannot it's remember the book. it's the guy's last name is hendrix i believe jimmy no no <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Howard <laughs> Hendricks. Yes, yeah. Howard it, Hendricks. It would be lit. <laughs> yeah, it would. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that's one that I personally am enjoying. 
Uh, but you know, for the listeners, you, your pastor or your mentor mm-hmm. may have a particular book that they, you know, style that they prefer. Uh, there's another one called How Not to Read the Bible, mm-hmm. and it's about breaking a lot of those uh, preconceived notions that we come to the Bible with. Mm-hmm. You know, our own, there's a fancy word for it, but our own perceptions, you know, and we, when, when you're reading the Old Testament, you need to remember it's Jewish literature. They don't write and they don't use grammar like we do. Yep. So they do things differently. And you need to understand that. And then when, of course, you get into the New Testament, most of it was written in Greek. Mm. And once again, that's a whole nother style of writing. And you need to understand that and not come into it, especially with our Western culture of individualism, that it doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. Because that's not mm. what Christ and God intended right. for us to be a bunch of individual islands. Mm-hmm. So number three is apologetics. And uh, before we get dived into this, I just want to say coming up, we do have a very great episode planned. And it's from Dana's friend, Brock. What is Hopefully his last a series. Yeah. What is his last name? Roopsim. So he is a, like he's getting, he, this is his what, what, what degree is he going for? Uh, he's getting a, a master in divinity. I think so. In yeah. apologetics. Yeah. He's yes. got like two or three degrees. And so it was really funny because the first time I ever met him, um, he used to work for Follett, which is one of the companies that I work for work or work with as a librarian. They are, you know, our collection development people or blah, 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 blah. So I was, he was our new rep. And so we're sitting there talking, uh, just about my collection at the library and stuff. And I'm like, huh, he kind of talks like Ben does. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I feel honored that, that you heard him and thought of me. And so he said that he was actually moving to our area. And I was like, Oh, is there anything you want to know about, you know, around this area? And he was like, what are some good churches? And I was like, well, let me tell you. And so I told him about our church and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, so. So what is the, so he came to us and wanted to do a podcast. And Ben, what is that title of that series going to be? Because it's going to be, it's going to fall right and perfect with apologetics. Uh, it is called um, When Sunday School Answers No Longer Cut It. Yeah. So yeah, that's, well, that's be deep from really the get-go. That's going to be good, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Because I have some uh, questions. Oh, and, and, <laughs> and let me tell you, Brock probably has the best explanation, in my opinion, of um, just the the meta-narrative of Scripture in our lives and why we have to suffer and all that stuff. Like, he has all of that down to the point that, like, it, it, yeah, he's just good. Anyway, all right, let's continue. All right. So, for me, the reason for apologetics mm-hmm. uh, comes from First Peter Three fifteen through 16. Mm. Uh, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Yeah. Mm. So he, you know, Peter gives us a reason for it. Mm-hmm why we need to be willing to defend the faith. Yep. And like I said, that that's not guys at Brock's level. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, Brock is specially called for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that may not be, you know, Sister Susie that sits on the other end of the pew from you, mm-hmm. but she needs the basics. Mm-hmm. You know, and I under- think that, that verse there is also talking about your life <laughs> is, a, yeah. is, is a living, 
walking apologetic moment. Right. That, that, you know what, you can disbelieve my Bible all you want to, but by God, you cannot look at my life and tell me that there's something different, or that there's something not different about me. Yeah, absolutely. That, that the living God is dwelling within my spirit. And when you say argue, we're talking about having civilized conversations where you talk, they listen, they talk, you listen. Not like those TikToks where people are screaming in the middle of Walmart for no reason. <laughs> oh yeah, if you find Hunter. yourself, if you find yourself yelling like you've done something wrong in apologize. Well, Peter I lays it right out there with gentleness and respect. There you go. Yep. You know, right. Peter, like Peter, foresaw that that there would be, you know, people getting in people's faces, yelling, screaming, and you know all the nastiness that we've we've mm-hmm. come to know now mm-hmm. within our our culture. You know, Peter foresaw that in his own culture. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. of how, you know, the Sanhedrin, how the people of their time would be so upset mm-hmm. with, you know, a another way, you know, another, an, what should have been a continuation of their faith had to become a split from them. Yeah. You know. You want to see so. somebody get defensive real quick, you talk about the religion. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, so I, I get what they're saying, but and how to defend the faith in, the, in regard, I've heard pastors say this a lot, and I don't, I do not disagree with this. I want to put this out there, hmm. is they say, well, you got to use sources outside the Bible. Hmm. You you gotta you gotta face the, the truth with supporting facts. Mm-hmm. I've heard people say that my entire life. Vody Bauckham puts this out here, and he says, I do not. And he actually says he disagrees with that entirely. Hmm. He says, I do not understand that premise at all. Um, it's called the rescuer, the message I think that's in. Um, but he goes, the word of God is the living sword that he gives you to go proclaim it to the world. He said, don't do this with history books. Don't do this with, uh, anything like that. He goes, take my word that I've given you, take the Holy spirit and go proclaim the gospel. He says, lives are changed by the gospel, not by Josephus. Right now, and and I agree with him in the, those things, but I also agree with the other premise that these they, they do not believe the Bible is truth. They do not believe it as the inerrant word of God. So I can see why you need um, other supporting arguments to help build your case. Yeah. If if you listen to Brock teach his class, he uses outside sources to help make his argument of saying, hey. These guys were around at the time. They're not. It's not the canonization of Scripture. We don't think this is inerrant, but they were around, and they have. We. This is even more proof that the Bible is true. Yeah, you have enough Jewish historians that point to that Roman historians. Yeah, I that mean, there was a guy named Jesus, right, who that, actually existed. Yeah, yeah. You know, he did things. Mm-hmm. They can't explain them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's in Josephus. He actually says, you know, a man from Nazareth, and I, I can't remember if he names him Jesus or not, but it's clear who he's speaking about. And he says he claimed to be the son of God. And, and I'm paraphrasing some of this. He's like, what he kind of asked the question, was he, or was he not, Mm. you know? And Josephus himself kind of seems torn on who Jesus was. Mm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, so, and so I see both sides is what I wanted to say. There are people, and there's a lot of people who agree with Vody Bauckham Mm -hmm. um, in that regard. Yeah. Uh, Let me, let me tell you both sides. I've got the question though, before They, they talk about the book of Daniel, for instance, and they're like, um, well, the Bible can't really be true because 
if you read, for instance, the, the book of Ezekiel, the book of Daniel, you know, there's all these events in there that nobody could know if they wrote beforehand. And so we're pretty sure, you know, scholars are pretty sure that, that those books were written after the fact. Well, but that's okay. <laughs> People say that, but then, for instance, there is there are entire uh, volumes of scripture that were found that predate some of the times when people say that these books would have to have mm-hmm. been written. Um, there is, and I it, the is it the pseudepigrapha that was the entire Greek, um, the Greek translation of the Old Testament that was so. Anyway, I don't remember what the, the official. I, I should know more about this, but um, there was this. There was an official Greek translation of the entire Old Testament. The Septuagint. I don't remember. That was written, um, translated, and then there are all these events that took place in Scripture, um, such as uh, uh, Alexander the Great, who's prophesied in the Book of Daniel, or um, Darius, that I believe it's Ezekiel talks about. Um, that he is God's chosen servant to bring judgment on the nation of Babylon. It literally it calls him by name. There's no way that that dude could have written Darius's name in Scripture unless he was acted on by God because Darius was the guy's name who brought judgment and conquered the, na- the nation of Babylon. Well, you even take the Scriptures, the prophecies that refer to Christ, mm-hmm. uh, and Brock can tell you this because I've heard him speak about it. It's statistically impossible mm-hmm. that Jesus of Nazareth could have fulfilled all of those, yeah. you know, which we know even, even Jews have, you know, the, the Jewish scriptures, mm-hmm. they, they tell you they're the same as what our old Testament, they may be in a different order as mm-hmm. far as books, yeah. but they tell these same prophecies mm-hmm. and it's statistically impossible that just some random person could have fulfilled these mm-hmm. yeah. and Jesus did. Yeah. So, so the Bible, yes, absolutely key. But man, it's it's nice to know some history. Yeah, yeah. No, and 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 like I said, I think I, I see validity in both. Mm-hmm. Um, I see what Vody's saying. This is the word of God that is going to penetrate and revive people's hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no historian can do that. Only the word of God can. But maybe you need to just kind of crack their shield a little bit with sure. Some, uh, with and some and, and so facts. I, yeah. I always say. I think actually Ben taught me this. The answer usually lies in the middle, and two very smart people are telling me both sides. Yeah, answer is usually in the middle. Yeah. So you said this earlier, Ben, hmm. and I want to press you on it just for a second. Sure. And you know, I, you know I'm, where I stand on this. I'm ready. If you can argue someone into the faith, you can argue, argue someone out of it. Yeah. Dive into that just a little bit for me. Sure. So if I can give you all the reasons why you should believe, and I can talk you into it, and then fast forward five years, and somebody comes along, and you don't have actual transforming faith, you just have this intellectual thing that says, oh, I should believe in Jesus because of this. He was a person who existed, and he claimed to be the Son of God. And um, people listened to him, and then they died for the fact that they believed in him, so that must be a thing, you know, mm-hmm. like— if I can talk somebody into the faith, then fast forward five years, somebody, some, you know, pipe puffing, cardigan wearing professor from EKU can come up to me and be like, do you know all the reasons why you should not believe in this faith? When did Kermit the Frog come? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he wears a cardigan and puffs a pipe. I'm just saying. Um, but, you know, like some like dude who is going to sound really smart and going to think he knows what he's talking about could come along, give me a whole bunch of facts. And I go... Well, I don't guess I believe this. So after. are you saying that these people, because it says if you can argue someone into the faith, that these people are not saved because they haven't had a personal re- experience? What I'm saying is 
apologetics is important, but it's not the thing to hang your hat on. Okay. The thing to hang your hat on is the Bible and right. faith in Jesus and prayer and all the things. Apologetics is nice, but if you're like, I don't, I don't know apologetics. Does that mean I'm not a real disciple? No, you're okay. Right. You're okay. It's okay to tell somebody I don't know the answer to this, but Absolutely. I will get back. To you. Yeah. I will get back with you. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that's very key: is don't make anything up. Mm-hmm. Yes. That. You know, don't don't be like, oh well, I believe it. I know it's in the scripture somewhere. Mm-hmm. Be honest, right? Because first and foremost, to lie in itself is sinful mm-hmm. and is wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to to not be honest with people makes you just it breaks the whole relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, if I can't be honest with you, and be like, hey, I, I don't have the answer for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I can go to my pastor or I can go to someone I know that will have the answer. And I will get back with you on that, or we can go together mm-hmm. and ask them, you know, that that's the honesty in our faith mm-hmm. Right. that I don't have to have all the answers. Right. You know, I don't have to know, you know, I, I'm horrible at memorizing verses. Right. Uh, I, you know, thankfully the, the Lord blesses me with those, those tangent pieces that I need mm-hmm. when I need them. But he didn't bless me with the ability to just straight up memorize verses. So when somebody asks me a particular question about a verse, I'm like, I've got to go look that up. Right. Like I want to, before I tell you anything, I want to make sure my memory is right in what it says. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, go from there. If you start with that honesty, I think you're going to win more people. You know, John Piper says that the beautiful thing about the Christian faith is that we serve a God who knows more about uh, everything in the world than, than what we can know about him. Mm-hmm. And so for us to say that we have all the answers is ludicrous. Yeah. And true. it's a flat out lie. Yeah. Right. So it's to say that we have all the answers is a lie and we'll never have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean we can't search for them for our entire life. Yeah. I mean, so if yeah. Paul says that I, I, I don't know as much as I should know, then I'll never know right. <laughs> as much as I should know. Right. Yeah. Uh, so last kind of thing there. So, you know, people always like to hit on the fact that if God is a loving God, why do we suffer, right? Mm-hmm. And the Bible doesn't tell us, right? It's a it, big apologetic point. It is a huge apologetic point. And, and, and you know what? Atheists hang their hat on that one. That's probably something we'll ask Brock. And, and he has a good answer for it. I've already heard him talk about it. But up until I heard Brock's answer on it, and it, I actually went, oh, that makes sense. Um, sometimes it doesn't matter if you know the answer or not. Sometimes you just have to go... Do I do I believe that God is real? And if so, then I have to follow him, regardless right. well, of. I, I take I Job answer. for example. Yes, you know, look at all the horrible things that happened to Job, mm-hmm. and then he had so-called friends that come along and like, oh, but Job, you were wrong. Yeah, you know, and Job was a blameless man mm-hmm. in that sense. He he'd done nothing to deserve what had happened. Yeah. So I think Job's a very good example of human life mm-hmm. that we have highs and lows. Mm-hmm. We're going to have some really bad times. Things are going to happen that don't make sense. Mm-hmm. And all God really asks of us is to have faith in him. Yeah. That, you know, this bad instance we're going through may be our death, mm-hmm. but it's not the end. Yeah. You know, and the beautiful thing is Paul says, I think it's in Romans and in Second Timothy chapter 2, talks about the the clay, right? The ones that are used for honorable use and dishonorable use. Mm-hmm. The thing about it is no matter through what the bad is, God says that it's for my glory. Mm-hmm. And if we believe that God is a just God, then you have to believe that no matter what 
the dishonorable uses for this clay, and he's talking about people here, is it, no matter what happens in this, it is for his glory. And that, I, I, maybe I can't reconcile that in my brain as being a peewee human, and there's, some, there's a paradox there for me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I have to know that God is God, and he is just, and he is merciful. Being just and merciful at the same time is a paradox. Mm-hmm. And but you know what? God can do it, and he does it for his glory. So no matter what happens, it's all for the glory of God. So you know what we've been talking about? Doctrine. Right? Yeah. Which is the next point. <laughs> yeah. So, Casey, tell me a little bit about doctrine. Why is that important? So doctrine to me, not Dana, you probably actually have a definition for doctrine. Uh, not right on me, no. Right. Look it up. Let Casey talk. You look it up. So doctrine to me is your core tenets of your faith. Like these are the things – especially at the core, the, the, the big doctrines mm-hmm. are things that you should be willing to literally die for. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we say, pick your battles. Mm-hmm. Well, those should be battles. Those should be hills that you're willing to die on mm-hmm. that are immovable. Yep. Uh, of course, the first big one is, you know, who is Jesus? Who is, you know, why is he the Christ and what is salvation? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and then from there, you know, I think the Trinity is a big thing mm-hmm. uh, because I, I think if you don't understand the Trinity and how it all works, you're going to get really confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I, I'm sure somebody is way smarter than me can, to, you know, explain the Trinity better. But if you can't understand how the relationship between God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit works, mm-hmm. then you're going to have some issues with... You're going to have a completely messed up doctrine. Yes, you are. Um, so, Dana, what is the definition of doctrine? A principle or position or the body of principles in a branch of knowledge or system of belief. So, and so, so to me here in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, mm. uh, you can tell I'm reading 2 Timothy right now. Uh, <laughs> it says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So, uh, first off, doctrine has to be found in the Bible. Because mm-hmm. it's for teaching correcting and reproof mm-hmm. if it's not found in the bible it's called heresy yes and 316 <laughs> finishes by saying that the man of god may be thoroughly equipped for, for every good work, work. yeah yeah so yeah and so like like i, th- I agree with exactly with what the, about the trinity because if you have a, a messed up view on the trinity you can't understand how god saves yeah and that is step one yeah. um it, <laughs> don't look at me <laughs> like that well and i think what some people get like have some misinformation about is that instead if they they think that certain things are doctrine but really it's just man-made up right ideas aka pharisees yes <laughs> yeah well just in case somebody didn't know what a heresy was <laughs> or what a heresy and pharisee see, whatever pretty, yeah, heresy, they, go, pharisee, they yeah. go hand in hand <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh salvation so what what are my heels to die on it's salvation. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is one saved? It's not by works, but it's by faith. Mm-hmm. It's grace alone, mm-hmm. um, through faith alone and Christ alone. You know, all that good stuff. The five solas. Yep. And so we're like we're dealing with we're not we're saved by justification by faith, mm-hmm. not by justification by works. Right. Um, that is a heal for me. Like I will fight to the death. <clears throat> yeah. on and, that. and we should. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that kind of goes back to the apologetics. Mm-hmm. For just a, a touch, there is, you've got to be able to defend those, mm-hmm. and know why you're defending them, why they're a big thing, mm-hmm. you know. Because without salvation, you know, and 
it, it means nothing without the resurrection. If you can't agree on the resurrection, yep. you know, that he actually rose from the dead, mm-hmm. you know, then right. we're, we're a, pe- a people most pitied. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. so we did this. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I talked to you about this, Ben. I think I did. I have a Catholic. He's a quality engineer, comes down to my office all the time and talks to me. Um, and I'm, he always says, I am one of the most, he's like, you are one of the most just nicest, uh, Protestant people I know. Like you don't get upset. You don't, we, like, we don't argue like, cause like I ask him questions and I just let him talk. And then I usually don't rebuttal too much, you know, um, but our relationship is growing, but he says something the other day and it brought, so point C on here is who Christ is. Christ was perfect. Uh, Christ was, um, he, you know, so I'm going to say that Christ was the only perfect person to ever be on this earth. We mm-hmm. talked about Amen. this. Uh, we talked about this in the importance of the virgin birth. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, and he said, said that about Mary. He said, well, Mary was perfect. Mm-hmm. That's a hill I'm willing to die on that Christ, because this is a staple of who Christ is. Right. If anybody else was willing or able to be perfect on this earth, then Jesus, Jesus did not die. need to die. Mm-hmm. Then we could have obtained righteousness ourselves. Yep. This is a hill yep. that I am going to die on. Yep. Mary was not perfect. So, and I know he started listening to this too. So I hope you're listening. <laughs> Mary is not perfect because why? Because if, if so, then he died in vain. Yeah. Yeah. He Jesus sacrificed himself self in vain. If Mary was perfect, right? If anybody else was perfect, you know, so yeah. <clears throat> anyway, um, Ben, you're diving through something and you got something else before. So we were we were talking about doctrine and the importance of it, and one of the things that um, just kind of stuck out to me. So uh, Ephesians eleven through fourteen says um, it's talking about um, how God gave the the offices of the church for a reason. Mm-hmm. So He says He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until. We all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, so as a result of the fact that we attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, as a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of people, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head that is Christ. So why is doctrine important? If nothing else keeps us from being blown around and, and confused mm-hmm. and all the stuff, right? Well, yeah. that's what Paul was talking about. in even in first Timothy, he was saying, Hey, listen, this will kill the church in Ephesus. Mm-hmm. You allowing these people to preach that you have to have the law. You can have your Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Believe in Jesus all you want to, yeah. but you also have to follow the law. And mm-hmm. it was a mixture of the law and grace, right? Yeah. He says, Basically, it will kill this church mm. if you allow this to happen. Handle it with authority. Yeah. Uh, move swiftly. Yeah. Kick these people in the hind end. <laughs> um, and that is some ways we have to move on the doctrine that goes against the hills to die on. Yeah. We yeah, have I mean, to move quickly. You know, the, listen, there's a, I disagree with everybody around this table on some doctrine. Okay. But there are hills to die on that we can all agree on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's where we have level ground. Yeah. Um, and man, it is just, these things cannot be negotiable. Yeah. You no, know, they can't. Yeah. Uh, so denominational doctrines. So why, Ben, why is that important? 
Uh, well, I mean, you're, you should not be in a denomination that you fundamentally disagree with, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, in the, in the assemblies, we have the 16 fundamental truths. And when you read through the 16 fundamental truths, it is the doctrine that we have that, well, not we, but the, the OG smart people, um, you need to speak into your mic, sir, because I can't hardly hear you. Oh, I thought you were telling me to mute you, so I <laughs> muted you. <laughs> um, you know, the, the 16 fundamental truths are the OG principles that the, the really old smart people back in the day built the, the AG on. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you don't agree with those, you probably shouldn't be an assembly of God person. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's the same thing with, like, if I don't believe that... Um, if I don't believe that, you know, Mary wasn't a saint or whatever, I probably shouldn't be Catholic because, right. like, that's pretty key. So, so here it says, and just for people who don't know, uh, number one is the scripture is inspired. I just read that from Second Timothy. I'm not going to – I'm, I'm going to interrupt you only because it's, we've been going for, like, an hour and 16. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But, I mean, yeah. So you can go and you can Google the 16. We can, we can do another podcast episode AG, on this. AG.org. Yeah. yeah. It, it has all that stuff. All right. Last one. Tell me about the last thing that that uh, d- dis- the things <laughs> disciplines. No, <laughs> disciples need to do to be disciples. Uh, you need to learn how to share the gospel mm-hmm. and to or slash evangelize. Yeah, uh, you know we're told to do that. Yeah, you know he, he said go forth and make disciples of all the nations. Mm-hmm. You can't do that if you're not sharing. Right. You know and. I know there's plenty of other scriptures that back that up as well mm-hmm. that we're told to go and to share mm-hmm. this. This is good news. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what the gospel is. It's the good news mm-hmm. that Christ has come. Yeah. That he has, you know, he has died. He's been resurrected and he has ascended to the right hand of the father. And that's good news for us because we have an, you know, an intercessor now that he, he he's stands in the gap for us. Mm-hmm. And we should be, we should be shouting that from the rooftops, from the mountains. Uh, everything we do should be a showing of that. Yep. And I was just about to say that, man. We get a job promotion. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm calling Ben. That's true. I'm calling Dina. I'm calling Casey. I'm calling my neighbor over there. I'm saying, hey, there's a dinner party because we're going to celebrate. Yeah. But, buddy, Jesus comes. The the King of the Universe comes and and. Is in a, comes down in man form to save us of our sins, <clears throat> dies on the cross yep. so that we can have righteousness and right standing with the Father who was, because we were bound and destined for hell, but now that we can be saved through him, and we tell no one. Yeah. You yes. know, your neighbor's house is on fire, but... What would we do? We would go grab the water hose and call 911. Yeah. But your neighbor's spiritual house is on fire, and you Ooh. won't call the police yep. or the firefighters, and yep. you won't even throw the holy water on them. <laughs> Stupid sheep. There you, go. there you go. Casey, how do you think you should try to evangelize people? So I think there's different ways to go about it. Mm-hmm. Um, first, you, you can share your story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and personally, I've never really thought my story was all that great. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I grew up in church and all that stuff. So to me, it's always been hard to share my story because I didn't see anything in my life that I thought was, you know, yeah. that I could connect with other people. You know, I was just all drugged to church as a kid and you know, whatnot. But actually after doing the, the real friends podcast, mm-hmm. uh, there was a lady that I know that had listened to it and 
she she really enjoyed it and she said it gave her hope for her own life mm-hmm. and let me tell you that that hit me at my core yeah uh because th- this lady's like a, a sister to me yeah. uh i love her dearly even though i love to pick on her mm-hmm. and give her a hard time uh you know I-, I hope and pray that that little bit that that was just another chink in her armor that she's put up that has chipped away that Christ can continue. You know, that's a seed that's been planted hmm. that Christ is going to water and help grow. Yeah. So, uh, another way is, you know, there, there are people that, and I, I'm going to go back to him, Ron Ham. I love this dude. He, he will get you in Chick-fil-A on Friday mornings <laughs> and he will just talk to anybody that will talk to him yeah. about Christ. I'm not that, bold in my faith yet mm. uh i'm a rather timid person like i'll talk to people but just jumping onto a a hot brand subject like religion <laughs> like that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know for me i'm about building relationships yeah uh i i have people at work that i'm slowly working on uh they probably <laughs> they listen to this they're going to realize what i'm doing right but I, I do it out of love for them yep. uh because i think they're great dudes uh and I don't want to see them go to hell. Mm. I, I care about their souls. I care about, you know, their futures. And so for me, I'm, I'm building relationships with them. Right. And I, I, to me, that's how I evangelize. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I'm always open to anybody that, you know, knows me and has questions. I am willing to, to sit down and talk, mm-hmm. you know, about anything, you know, as far as the faith. But I, to me, that's how I evangelize. Mm-hmm. We had but, a new guy at work today and... We was talking and it just kind of got a little slow for a second and we kind of sat there in this little awkward silence and I was like, and I was like, so you religious? (laughs) (laughs) So he was. And so we like to start talking about that. So I was just like, you know what? Let's just get this out of the way. Yeah. Because you're always like, how do I handle this? How do I handle this? Well, I'm always just kind of like. Well, we're going to find find out. (laughs) Time to go down to the water slide. Yeah, I'll tell you, somebody who's really good at it is Dina. She, man, like, Dina, even, like, if she's not evangelizing, she's inviting somebody to church, she's doing something. But Dina just works it in a conversation, and it's so smooth. And she just does this great job of, like, I don't know how she does it sometimes. She's like, so, what are you doing on Sunday? Yeah, I go to church. You should go with me. And it's just like, <laughs> wow. I feel so inspired. That's oh. not exactly how I say things. Well, I know, but, but still. So, yeah. Like you said, so there's been a whole bunch of things we've talked about today, mm-hmm. um, and we'll definitely continue a conversation later on. Because so, Casey, we will have you back, but we're going to do what we call, and you've listened to you before, yeah. so it's the last ten percent. Yep. So uh, this is the summary. This these are the takeaways. If there's anything that you have gotten out of this, anything that you want to say, finally, if you want to sum up all your points, whatever you want to do, last ten percent, you go first, my friend. Hard. So. Discipleship is important because we're told to do it. Mm -hmm. So that is our great commission. Uh, It also is part of how we are fruitful and it's how we show love. Mm -hmm. You know, if I can't share this and I can't help my loved ones, my friends, uh, random, if I don't have even love for random people walking down the street, Mm -hmm. then do I really have the love of Christ in me? Mm So if I'm not doing this, if I'm not working one on first, making myself a better disciple Mm. to where I can share my faith, 
then am I really following Jesus? Hmm. So to me, that that's that's the gist of it. It's good. Dina? It says in the Bible that, you know, we're supposed to be disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples and just keeps continuing on. So you need to be actively looking for someone to be discipling you, and then you need to be actively finding someone to, to disciple. So, because even if you're just starting out in Christianity, there's always someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. There's always a story to tell. Yeah, that's good. Ben? So for me... You remember when we did the um, the gospel podcast? It's like one of our most popular episode episodes. two. Episode two, yes. And we said something, and I kind of want to recant the statement, kind of, kind of not. We were talking about our personal testimony, right? And when we were talking about our personal testimony, we said our personal testimony is not the gospel. And in some ways, we were right, but in some ways, I think we were wrong, because the gospel message is the good news of the kingdom of God coming into our lives, right? It's good news of Jesus being my savior. And so the gospel at its core is not my story. It is God's story. Mm -hmm. I agree. But the story of how that good news came to me, I came to believe in it, whatever, however you want to say it, um, I think is important. And so um, I do think that it could start with the fact of, hey, this is who I was. I was a hateful, awful, evil person, and I became this amazing thing in Jesus, and it's only by Jesus that any of that happened, and it's only by Jesus that any of that is sustained. And when I go back to old habits, that's not Jesus living out Jesus in me, right? Like, all of that stuff, um, I think, is important to tell people. And so, you know, a lot of people, they get bent out of shape about, oh, there's no way I could ever evangelize and share the gospel because... I, I don't know what to do. I think one of the easiest ways to do it is to start with your own story. Um, and it's interesting to me that in some of the, like the scariest countries to be a Christian in, you get saved. And the first thing they do is they sit you down and they go, okay, pray and ask God, who are the five people that are least likely to kill you if you tell them that you're a Christian? And then you proceed to tell them about the fact that Jesus is your savior now. Mm-hmm. Scariest thing ever, in my opinion, but they do it. And they, it all starts with their story. And so I just think... I think that there's a warning to be had, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I still stand by my statement. <laughs> well, two. I mean, I, like I said, uh, yes. No, but there is a warning to be had. I don't disagree with you. Um, there's a warning to be had, though, because if you don't remember, and you said this, um, that the, the my testimony is is a, is ultimately about how I changed. And, and mm-hmm. yes, God changed me, but the gospel... Is about Jesus. Yeah. Um, so, not saying that you can't share your testimony. A good as sharing your testimony is a good build up and a, be, a way to build a relationship and a way to build buy in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the gospel still has to be preached, and the mm-hmm. gospel is is what First Corinthians fifteen. G, we have to believe that God, or Jesus, died. Mm-hmm. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross and he rose again mm-hmm. uh, for our sins, and now is seated to the right hand of the Father. Mm-hmm. So you have to put that in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and and put that so that you have to believe in this and not just believe, but trust in and live your life according to this truth. Yeah. Um, so your personal testimony can help build towards that, mm. but it is that it is not that singular thing is not preaching the gospel. Mm-hmm. Not okay. to, not to hone in on your 10%. Okay. No, that's fine. <laughs> I, 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 80% agree with that. I figured. But I 20, we can never 100% agree But I 20% don't. 
That's what makes a podcast. If we 100% agreed on everything, we wouldn't have a podcast. That's true. That's really true. The only thing you 100% agreed on was to make a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Even that, I was kind of, I was 80% there. That's the funny part. So he was right, because we're doing a podcast. We we 100% agree on our core core doctrine, right? That's true. Jesus is Lord. Yeah. That we can can all die on that hill together. Yeah. You done with your 10%? I'm done with my 10%. Okay, so my 10% is that your gospel, or that your testimony is not the gospel. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um... But I think it, to me is is that after you find a group of, of friends, people um, to bounce ideas off, to talk to, to uh, be in the faith with, you have to learn the core doctrines, and you have to have a hill that you're willing to die on. Um, that that is something that you say, hey, listen, these things do not change because if those things can waver, you will fall for anything. Mm-hmm. You, if you, if those things can move, then any pastor of, who has any flawed doctrine can sway you one way to, to uh, or another, and that is super scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, and it can literally make you an ineffective Christian forever. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that you wouldn't be saved, but I'm saying that you would make you ineffective yeah. because your doctrine is so flawed. So have the, those core doctrines that we talked about. You need to know who the Christ is. You need to know why he came here. You need to have God's characteristics in mind. You need to know the Trinity. You need to know what salvation is and so on and so forth. There was a couple on those lists that weren't heels to die on for me. So, yeah. uh, but in those regards, um, you have to have a hill to die on. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually, to, for me, it stands around the gospel. So I had to cut into your 10%. That's right. um, but this was a long podcast. And we do have one more segment because everybody does it. But this was a long podcast. So I'm sure people have had to break this up in like four or five parts. Um, but you know what? I think it's beneficial. And it's not our longest podcast, by the way. Nah. Uh, and you can always pause it and come back. Yeah. Right. I listen to a four and a half hour podcast today. Man, yeah. People, really? yeah. people listen to Joe Rogan. His podcast is like three and a half hours long. So I don't want to hear you all complain. <laughs> I did have to listen to it over like the course Actually, of four Actually, I don't think anybody's complained about how long our podcast. My mama does. Oh, <laughs> oh you know what? I talked to your mom on the phone with you in the car the other day. You did. We, we didn't even mention that. Yep. And she was a very nice lady. I, she kind of t- terrified me. The first time I met her, it was at a funeral. And yeah. I was like, man, Ben's mama's scary. My mama's five foot of fury. But I talked to her on the phone, and she was nice. Yeah. And, and, but she gave us constructive criticism. <laughs> did she not? She did. She always does. When I, every time I see my mother, she goes, I just I need to ask you something about your podcast. <laughs> about the podcast. I'm like, yes, mama. There's people like that everywhere, man. Like they at work, they'll be like, you know what? You know, Ben said this and I don't agree with it. Or, and then there's another guy who's like, well, Hunter said this and I don't agree with it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm glad that nobody ever says, you know, Ben said this and I totally agree with but it. But you know what? Nobody disagrees with me. So, haha. <laughs> Hit that music. <laughs> Yeah, so it is time for Bust Out Your Bibles with Ben. Today, I have a question for the panel. If you had to think about all of the disciples, a.k.a. the apostles, in the Bible, who are the big ones? Go. Top two. Who are the two biggest apostles in the Bible? Paul. Peter and Paul. Okay. See, I was going to say Paul and John. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I would say Peter and Paul. Those were the two. Peter's the rock on which Jesus built the church. Paul was the the, the main squeeze to the Gentiles. What? what? You, you the, agree? The, the Peter and Paul? Well, no, I agree with Peter and Paul, but 
Peter was not the rock that Jesus built the church on. Jesus built the church on himself. Yes, I 100% agree with that. I 100%. Um, he's but, we did not change denominations. Well, let's. But is that not what Jesus said that you will be Petros, the rock? The rock. I don't think that's how he meant it. And on yeah, this rock, I, I will build my church. I've listened. and the gates of hell will not prevail against. Him. I think he's talking. I think Jesus in that in that scripture is actually talking about himself. He's reflecting it to himself. So why does he say you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church? Look, man. I'm just saying. I just quoted scripture. I Zom. I'm just quoting it. You didn't quote it in King James, so it's probably not right. <laughs> he setteth on the oh, rocket. Wait. Uh, anyway. So. Either way. Okay. Well, yes, Peter and Paul. Peter and Paul, probably in my opinion, are the two, the the biggest of the OGs, right? Sorry, biggest. I was singing The Wise Man Bill is House Upon the Rock. Okay. The biggest of the OGs. <laughs> Did you know? Now, this isn't in the Bible, um, so we are stepping outside of Scripture. I'm, I'm so sorry. sorry. To, Why are you saying that? Huh? <laughs> I know. Then I might as well just shut up. I, I thought this, this bust out your about, Bibles yeah. with Ben. I know. I know. It's, it's got to be around the Bible. Well, but I mean, it is. It's about the two. Okay. Anyway. Have you ever. What? It's about the two big dog <laughs> apostles in the Bible. Um, have you ever read like 2 Timothy, for instance? And 2 Timothy talks about the death of Paul. And you're like, when did that happen? Have you ever read 2 Peter and went, huh, Peter's about to die. I wonder how he died. Guess what day Peter and Paul died on, according to antiquity? It, it ended in day. I know that much. Friday yes. the 13th. June 29th, oh. 57 CE. They both died on the same day. Really? Ironic. They, uh, that's the, according to history, they both died on the same day. Well, I do know, according to history, that uh, Peter's wife also died that same day then. Yeah. So She died before him. Uh-huh. Oh, did not know that. Yeah, mm. I actually read a thing here recently because I was looking into that mm. uh, about his wife and whatnot because Scripture doesn't really mention her, but it infers her when it talks about, you know, Christ healed Peter's mother-in-law. So if mm. he had a mother-in-law, he obviously had a wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I actually learned that uh, she was put to death right before him. And as she was walking out, mm. that uh, he was calling out to her, you know, telling you know, encouraging her. Mm. So wow, that's awesome. yeah. I think that the Fox's Book of Martyrs actually mentions that they die on the same day, mm-hmm. but there are so many that he goes through in the first beginning of that mm-hmm. book, like yeah. in that introduction, yeah. that it it is wild. Yeah, it sets the tone for that entire book. Yeah, it's interesting. So Paul and Peter are probably not in the same place, but they died under the same persecution, same same emperor, right? And because Paul was actually in Rome, died by the guillotine, right? With the head he, was, he didn't die by the guillotine. That no. was a French thing that happened much okay. later, later on in history. On, yeah. Like, so he got his head chopped off. He got his head chopped off, though. And the reason why is because Paul was a Roman citizen, as as it talks about in you know all the, the acts and stuff. And so he could not he could not be hung on a cross. So he was beheaded. Mm-hmm. Peter, however, was not a Roman citizen technically, and so he was crucified. People say upside down. We don't know that for sure, but that's kind of what history says. Right. So anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Died on the same day. Interesting. I'm glad you said that. We gave you a hard time, and I'm so sorry. Well, you should be apologetic, because I thought that was an interesting subject. Listen, well, I can for, be wrong. I know what? We only have one more. I know. Bust out your Bibles with Ben. I know. Hunter's, I'm sure, so glad. See, I Whoa. think we actually ought to study the martyrs, because the Big C Church is mm-hmm. built on the shoulders of giants. Yeah, and it really helps my faith. To I, I know it's dumb, but like to hear how these people, and the fact that they were so faithful to the mm-hmm. end, man... 
builds my faith. Man, I was not to prolong this anymore, but I was. I don't think it was the Fox Book of Martyrs, but it was a different martyr book. Yeah. Um, and I was listening to it on Audible as I was working, and it was talking about this family in a European country getting. It was kind of recent, not recent, recent, but more recent than Christ's death. Mm-hmm. Um, got laid out on the street. They tied them up, put them on the street. And they would roll over them with like almost like a steamroller, you know, with the, they would do pavement with. Wow. Feet first. Wow. Renounce Christ or we will. And, and so the dad, they made him watch as his kids oh, that's and, his, and his wife and then finally him. Yeah. And he was kind of doing the same thing that you said Peter was doing. He was calling out to them, you know, this is, this is, this is just only for a moment. Mm-hmm. And that was the, that was the temporary. This is only for a moment. Yeah. So, you know, the, the amount of, you know. Uh, I know during the Reformation and whatnot, the people that were burned at the stake. Yeah. But they they sang hymns. They praised God while being engulfed in flames. Yeah. I can only hope and pray that my faith is that strong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that I'm I'm not just blown in the wind whenever, you know, it comes time for my sifting. Mm-hmm. That I'm not just chaff that just is let go and burned up in the fire. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that, after that super heavy moment, <laughs> be blessed and encouraged. <laughs> so thank you for for listening to the Audrey podcast. Hey, January uh, of 2023 has already <coughs> blown away expectations. Thank you guys so much. We, I mean, just in like this month alone, we've had like 200 plays. Doesn't mean we've had 200 listens, but we've had 200 plays on uh, just different podcasts throughout the series. Yeah, our listenership has climbed so much, and it's it's amazing. So thank you, you guys very are much. awesome. Yeah. So, Casey, thanks for being with us. Yeah. Thank you all for having me. Hit that funky music, white boy. Thank you for listening to the Altered Podcast. Be sure to join us next week for a brand new episode. Also, be sure to join us on the Altered Podcast Facebook page for updates and other cool content. See you next week.